0: Hello, I'm your co-host, Deepro Pasha, president of the Coding Club. And I'm your co-host, Daniel Wayne, the vice president of the Coding Club. And welcome to the first ever episode of the Return
1: Podcast, brought to you
0: by the Clovis North High School Coding Club.
1: In this podcast series, we aim to share with you new innovative technologies to spark your curiosity and provide further resources for you to explore these new concepts. As high
0: schoolers, we ourselves know the feeling of not knowing what we're interested in or what we're going to pursue due to our limited knowledge. But we hope that this podcast can help those of you who are somewhat lost
1: by introducing you to new fields of technology and science. Today, we'll be looking at the recent scientific breakthroughs made by Caltech and a number of other research organizations when it comes to the field of quantum teleportation. Here to explain some general and important concepts of quantum mechanics is Daniel Wang. So, just a
0: disclaimer, we're not professionals by any means. And I'm just a high school student, Deepro is just a high school student, but we're super passionate about learning. So if there are any mistakes throughout this podcast, please inform us and uh, thank you for listening. So my name is Daniel again, and I'm going to be talking about the principles behind quantum computing.
1: So what exactly
0: is a quantum computer? Well, that's a good question, Deepbro. Um, the Marin Gills from the MIT Technology Review explains a quantum computer as being a computer that harnesses some of the almost mystical phenomenons of quantum mechanics to deliver huge leaps forwards and processing power. At this time, our best supercomputers can only compute at such a limited speed, but by utilizing the phenomenons of quantum mechanics, Quantum computers have the potential of exponentially increasing computing power.
1: What makes these huge advancements in computational processing?
0: Well, first we need to understand how our current classical computers exactly work. And so conventional computers store binary information in bits. And in case you don't know what binary is, binary is essentially a base two numerical system that computers use, for example, Our daily counting of 1, 2, 3, 4 is in base 10, and thus, a base 2 numerical system only has two values, which are 0 and 1. And so that these 0s and 1s make up everything that our computer does and what we know today. And furthermore, that these uh, binary values can be manipulated via logic gates, which are like NOT gates, AND gates. And they perform complex calculations ranging from a simple addition function on a calculator, to building artificial neural networks found in the field of artificial intelligence. And if you're interested for more information about what specifically these logic gates are and um, how to learn more about them, go ahead and check out the logic gate Wikipedia page which can be found on our website. But uh, quantum computers operate in a fundamentally different manner. So rather than storing bits, binary information in bits, uh, quantum computers have this quantum twist to the classical version of bits called qubits. Okay,
1: but what makes qubits so special?
0: Well, qubits can leverage some of the fundamental principles and weirdness of quantum mechanics to their advantage. And it's worthy to also note that these, the physical representation of these qubits, there's not only just one... Almost item called qubit. F- there are multiple ways to construct this qubit. So you have like photonics made by the company called Xanadu. You have superconducting qubits made by IBM and Google, and also trapped ion qubits made by a company called IonQ. So I'm just saying these, so you gain an understanding of there's this emerging field of quantum computing, and they're all trying to compete for the best way to construct these qubits and so more information on qubits is that one of the quantum phenomenons that they utilize is called superposition and first i'm going to give a broad level description before i jump into some of the specific analogies and applications so essentially a superposition allows a qubit to be in a binary value of both zero and one at the same time and this sounds crazy but let me explain first so it's for some clarification, superpositions do exist outside of this quantum realm that I'm going to be elaborating on further. For example, if you play a musical chord on a piano, when you play the chord, the individual notes together, the sound waves of the individual notes, decoherence and incoherence of these sound waves combine to almost what is one note as we as we hear with our ears. So that's just kind of like uh, a way that superposition kind of sneaks into this macroscopic world that we live in but in the quantum realm so the uh, atomic realm a popular way of explaining this notion of superposition is through the analogy of Schrodinger's cat and um, it's a popular analogy and so how the thought experiment goes is that imagine you have a cat and you put this cat in a box seal it shut so that you can't see the cat any longer and inside this box there's a radioactive isotope now it's important to understand that uh, radioactive isotopes decay at a purely random moment. So you don't know when this radioactive isotope is going to decay. And you have this detector which detects whether the radioactive isotope decays or not. And so when the isotope decays, the detector will detect it and subsequently emit poison thus killing the cat. And you the viewer. When you seal the the box shut and the cat's inside, you don't know whether the cat is alive or dead because the radioactive isotope decays at a random rate. And so, you, the viewer, see the cat in a probability state of being alive or dead so while that that's given that the box stays shut until you actually open the box and you see that the cat is finally alive or dead so while the box is shut and you the viewer looking at the box the cat is what some would say in a state of both alive and dead so the key clarification is that the cat is in a probability state when inside the box, and after the box is opened, the probability state collapses into a final definite state of a light or a light or dead. Now this is kind of an analogy to explain how superposition actually works. Um, quantum computers utilize this phenomenon of superposition by using its qubits, which are again the quantum version of classical bits. That these qubits are no longer being stuck as only one or only zero, as in like a conventional classical computer, like a laptop. It's only until that they're measured that they finally collapse into a one or a zero state. So that's quantum computing quantum computers can be in this probability state, similar to how like the cat was in a probability state of being alive or dead. These quantum computers can be in a quantum or yeah, sorry. These quantum computers can be in a probability state of being a one and zero at the same time. And this allows an exponential speed up to what quantum computers are able to compute. So, quantum logic gates, as was um referred to before in classical computers, there are quantum logic gates that can be applied to these qubits, and they can perform calculations theoretically that would take like a classical computer thousands of years to compute. So qubits can be in 2 to the n states, the n being the number of qubits, while classical bits can only be 2 times n states, which is n being the number of classical bits. And this idea of superposition is, uh, is core to how qubits interact and how qubits are different compared to classical computers. Another important aspect of quantum mechanics in quantum computers is the phenomenon of entanglement. And this is also the basis of quantum teleportation, which is the topic we'll be discussing today in our podcast. Now, another disclaimer, quantum entanglement is a very strange topic to say the least. And from news articles that I've read and resources I've perused through, that nobody really, Fully understands how entanglement works. And I'll elaborate on that further. So, if you take the example of Schrodinger's cat from what I had, Schrodinger's cat was in a probability state of being one or zero. And imagine you, so you imagine you double Schrodinger's cat. So, you would have two boxes and two cats, and you put a box, oh sorry, a cat in one box and a cat in another box. Now, how entanglement works is that pretend that you, when you open the box, you see the cat alive the cat in the other box, you would know would be dead. And that is kind of how entanglement works. So let me explain this phenomenon in regards to qubits and trying to get a little bit more detailed. So in regards to qubits, this means that qubits have this shared quantum state. So if you have a pair of entangled qubits, one qubit, if it's in the quantum state of one, the other qubit will be in the quantum state of one. No matter how far away they could be on the ends Of the galaxy and opposite sides of the galaxy and if you measure one qubit to be one then the other qubit will instantly you will know the other with absolute certainty you will know the other qubit will be one and this is an extremely amazing phenomenon that einstein famously described as spooky action at a distance because to him it meant that These qubits were, or in case if they were particles, that these particles were communicating with each other at a rate faster than the speed of light, and he did not like that. However, Einstein was wrong because um, there's empirical experimental evidence to show that this phenomenon of entangled um, particles is indeed true and it means that if you double the number of qubits in a quantum computer, it will exponentially increase its computational power.
1: Here are some examples on how particles can be entangled. One well-known method is known as a cascade transition in which physicists put atoms into highly excited energy levels so that they decay by emitting two photons that need to be in an entangled state. Another method and a more popular method is known as parametric conversion. Which uses a nonlinear optical crystal to convert high energy photons, i.e., a laser, into pairs of photons with half the initial energy. The polarization of the two new photons will be correlated and thus become entangled. Atoms can also absorb these photons and thus become entangled as well. Various quantum gates utilize this phenomenon. And like mentioned previously, entanglement is the fundamental principle behind quantum teleportation. And if you guys want more information, check out the resources that we have listed on the Coding Club website, which is, uh, we're going to provide the link um, further into the episode. Quantum computers have the potential to completely revolutionize various fields like machine learning, finance, chemistry, and so much more. Now that we've learned about some quantum mechanical and quantum computing principles, let's take a closer look at the new scientific breakthroughs. On December
0: 4th, 2020, a team led by the California Institute of Technology, NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab, Harvard University, and Fermilab published a research paper named, Teleportation Systems Toward a Quantum Internet, NPRX Quantum. In it, they stated that their CQNET and FQNET experiments managed to teleport qubit information across 54 kilometers via a fiber optic cable with 90% precision.
1: How this was done was through the previously discussed process of entanglement. We'll get into the procedural specifics a bit later. According to Elizabeth Rain of Sci-Fi, the research conducted here was a crucial step towards the creation of a quantum internet, an innovation that will allow us to transfer information each other at far higher rates and utilize increased computation. In comparison to existing forms of communication, the quantum internet would be far faster and more secure than regular networks due to their utilization of photons rather than hackable computer code. And it could potentially revolutionize GPS, enable enormous advancement in scientific knowledge via gigantic increases in computation power, and unleash the power of quantum computing according to the head of quantum science at the Fermi Lab Quantum Institute. As reported by UChicago News, such advantages have resulted in the Department of Energy's pouring of resources across many national laboratories to develop the quantum internet. That being said,
0: even with all these advantages and advancements, there still remain some obstacles to leap
1: over as well as some familiar problems. According to sci-fi, in order for the quantum internet to be actualized, scientists will need to work on creating two things. Quantum memory, which is similar to normal computer memory, is with qubits and particles of information. And quantum repeaters, which will work to split quantum information up to make it easier to transmit. These are still things scientists need to develop, though the breakthrough made signifies a good pace of advancement. In addition to this, the issue of communication noise, something that exists
0: in a internet users today, will still exist with the quantum internet, unfortunately. This is due to the presence of obstacles as qubits try to determine the best location to receive information.
1: Still, as a sci-fi article notes, the quantum internet's creation would revolutionize human connection across the planet and ultimately change the world with the mass increase in computer computation and information transference that it will ultimately bring with it. Now, let's take a closer look at some of the experimental procedures used to achieve this teleportation. According to Becky Ferriera, and Jason Kobler of VICE. Within the research paper, a three-node system was used to describe the experimental setup. These nodes were named Alice, Charlie, and Bob, and they represented potential users of the quantum internet at three different locations. These nodes have the ability to send information to each other in the form of qubits, and these qubits can have many different properties attached onto them, such as entanglement. In addition, Alice, Charlie, and Bob are able to carry out a number of different quantum-related procedures. Now, for the CQNET and FQNET experiments, Alice would first send a qubit of information over to Charlie. For the sake of this explanation, we're going to represent this information as a plus or positive. Here's a little disclaimer about this, qubits don't have a plus or minus property. But to better understand, representing a qubit as a plus would be better. Charlie would thus receive a quote unquote positive qubit from Alice. During all of that, Bob, the third node of the system, would be holding an entangled pair of qubits. These qubits would also be holding information. The state of this information we'll call quote unquote negative. Again, disclaimer, qubits can't actually be negative, but we'll be calling them that for the sake of demonstration. Bob will send one of the negatively entangled qubits to Charlie, who now has both Alice's positive qubit and Bob's negative qubit. What will then occur is a process of quantum interference between Alice's qubit and Bob's qubit. Charlie will then project Alice's positive qubit onto an entangled quantum bell state, was Bob's negative qubit at Charlie's location. This will cause the positive information on Alice's qubit to be transferred onto the qubit that Bob has at his location. This would be that negatively entangled qubit that wasn't sent and that remained with Bob. According to JPL, Charlie would then also send information about how Bob is supposed to interpret the Bell measurement transference of information via traditional means. AKA optical fibers, email, carrier pigeon, allowing him to access the information. This was what, in essence, the researchers did. Although, of course, greatly simplified. As JPL shows, one important thing to note is the reliance of the quantum internet on existing technology and means of communication like fiber optics. Information is being teleported. However, the ability to access that information is not but the scaling of that communication will allow for the quantum internet to be far faster than regular means of communication.
0: I know when I first learned about quantum computing and quantum teleportation, I was super interested in it. And the first kind of hurdle I had to overcome was, Okay, how can I as a high schooler learn more about quantum computing? How can I as a high schooler get my hands on a real quantum computer? Can I get internships? Can I get, um, I don't know, you know, soft, can I get into software development for quantum computers? And through that process, I've compiled a, a good list of resources that i'm hoping that i can offer you you listeners too so one of them is qiskit and there's a lot of open source frameworks for quantum computers and there's a lot of quantum computer simulators but in my opinion qiskit is the best one out there because on qiskit you can actually write code and then run it on a real quantum computer like right now So, all of the quantum teleportation stuff we were talking to you about, there's actually an algorithm there, and that Qiskit kind of walks you through, and you can quite literally teleport information at this moment on a real quantum computer with Qiskit, and that just blows my mind, and it's super amazing. So... What is Qiskit? Qiskit is an open source framework for quantum computing, and it provides tools for creating and manipulating quantum programs and running them on prototype quantum devices on IBM Q Experience or on simulators on your local computer. And like again, again, I said that Qiskit runs on a real quantum computer. So how can you begin writing code for Qiskit? Well, Qiskit is Python based, and so you need to know Python before you can use Qiskit. And in case you have like little or no programming experience or even if you haven't even used Python before, a couple resources to help you with Python could be W3schools, LearnPython.org, Tutorials Point Tutorials on Python, and finally YouTube tutorials. Um, and I would recommend YouTube YouTube tutorials. To individuals who have experience with programming but don't necessarily have the syntax down or maybe they have a little bit experience in programming but they just need a refresher i would recommend youtube tutorials and that and finally in my opinion the best way to learn programming is embarking on personal projects because personal projects are the way that you learn how to think like a programmer it's one thing to know the syntax to know how to write programs to know how to um, create variables and such but it's another thing to think like a program and to think how do I tackle this problem in what ways can I make my code more efficient and that's the best teacher for teaching you that would be personal projects so Kids Kit specifically what are the best resources to learn how to use Kiss Kit? well on the kiskit's website and how you spell kiskit is q-i-s-k-i-t on Qiskit's website they have this kiskit textbook and it basically runs as a whole encyclopedia on how to use Qiskit. you can learn the math and all the the functional like logic quantum gates that we were talking about you can learn the algorithms like the quantum teleportation algorithm i was talking about on KissKit textbook um but i would recommend those who have a familiarity with linear algebra. If you don't have a familiarity with um, linear algebra, then I would definitely recommend 3Blue1Brown's YouTube channel and Khan Academy. And all these links that I mentioned can be found on our website codingnorth.tk. That is is dot All these links that I um, talk about can be found on that website. So to learn linear algebra is one of the most fundamental um knowledges that you have to have to truly understand quantum computing and the only prerequisite is basically to quantum computing is linear algebra and trigonometry so linear like so don't necessarily be intimidated by like oh i haven't done calculus or I haven't done this math or this math because linear algebra is this complete different topic that is so new that honestly like your algebra or like your calculus it has some impact on it but you can enter learning linear algebra with um with a limited amount of knowledge to say to say it's simplest so definitely the linear to learn linear algebra i would definitely recommend three blue one brown's essence of linear algebra playlist and khan academy's um playlist of linear algebra also, Qiskit has their own YouTube channel where they go through walkthroughs of how to use Qiskit. They bring on like professionals in the quantum computing. They give talks and webinars, and it's a completely amazing resources resource that I would definitely encourage you guys to check it out. So I know some people like me would like like an online course and like something that they could tangibly like walk through with lectures and projects. So one of them I recommend is Qubit by Qubit hosted by the coding school and this is a fairly new course that i'm currently actually participating in right now and basically the the prerequisite you need is just trigonometry and they spend the first semester going over all the necessary math and like mathematical notation that you need for quantum mechanics and quantum computing and then in the second semester they'll go talk about like like the quantum algorithms and quantum applications and They also include a personal project for you and like I mentioned previously, in my opinion, personal projects are the best way to actually learn and actually grow. And so it's great that they offer the opportunity for um, you to actually embark on a personal project in that course. If you'd like a guided project, programming a quantum computer, sorry, programming a quantum program on a quantum computer with Qiskit is a guided project on Coursera. And you can find all these links again on our website and basically it's a guided project so it's not the same as an independent project where you kind of have to struggle through all the knowledge like you won't know everything when you enter in you have kind of have to struggle with the knowledge and this is like a big thing that even deep broke could comment on that projects you enter projects with you don't need to know everything when you enter a project you just need to know the bare minimum and from there grow and be willing to really Learn through the process and learn through the um, learn through the ideas, the ideas that you have, and just kind of enjoy the process of making a finalized project. And so that's so in this case, it would be a guided project. So they would teach you the information. They would walk you through how to create your own quantum computing algorithm. Sorry, quantum computing program it's yeah it's great if you're more of a book reader um some good books on quantum computing would be programming quantum computers essential algorithms and code samples by eric johnson johnston nick harrigan and mercedes Gimenez segovia and again the link can be found on our website it's a really good um book because it's not so math heavy so high schoolers can pick it up and um if it's specifically for those who know how to program so if you know how to program or even if you have limited knowledge on program you can still pick it up you can learn a lot from it and it just in parts where you don't know what the code does just uh, spend the time to understand the syntax play around they have code samples for you to check out and actually run on their quantum simulator quantum computer simulator so yeah that's a that's a great one another really popular quantum computing book is quantum quantum computation and quantum information by Michael Nielsen and Isaac Trang. And this is like one of the most praised quantum computer books there is. And it's it's really math heavy or really math heavy in that you need to know the linear algebra. And it just teaches you everything quantum. And it's a really amazing resources and you can find it online on a PDF Definitely check out our website because we will have this posted. Again, our website is Um, codingnorth.tk. Some side things that are like opportunities for you to further expand once you have the knowledge of quantum computing is there's actually a hackathon that is being hosted by MIT and on January 30th to 31st. So by the time this podcast comes out, it will be time to you would still have time to sign up um and it's quantum computing hackathon hosted by mit and high schoolers can even sign up for this and it's a great experience because you're getting i I don't know if you've ever participated in a hackathon before but it's an intense environment and it's a great experience that i really think that would be a good experience for those who are interested in quantum computing to participate in such an event and honestly meet new people who are also interested in quantum computing um another resources resource is quantum is the quantum open source foundation and they have this whole library of um more software development kits for quantum computing and so i mentioned previously that there were other open source frameworks for program, programming quantum computers other than Qiskit, and some of them are like Google's Cirq So that's C-I-R-K, sorry, C-I-R-Q, Google Cirq and a whole another plethora of just quantum computing languages that you can learn. And the Quantum Open Source Foundation has this whole library of those of resources that you can peruse through. They also have this mentorship program in which that you and a mentor and a couple of the students, if you'd like, um, all collaborate on this one project. And it's just a super great um, opportunity, it looks like. Um, And I definitely encourage those of you who are interested in trying that out. Um, More information about various Discord servers can be found on our website. And finally, if you'd like to know more about quantum mechanics, not only quantum computing, there are the Feynman lectures that you could peruse through. Um, if you don't know who Richard Feynman is, he's one of the pi- he's the one who essentially pioneered quantum computing. And you can take a look at that. There's also a bunch of YouTube videos about quantum mechanics and its weirdness. I definitely encourage you to take a look. One of the channels is Looking Glass Universe, and that channel can be found on our website again. Um, and yeah, I mean. There are so many resources that I wish I could have gotten access to when I first found it and I hope that like giving you these resources can help you catapult into the world of quantum computing and I'm super excited to see what um how these resources resources can help people. Again, if you'd like to check out more of these resources, please check out our website that's codingnorth.tk c o d i n g n o RTH.tk and um yeah so we've delved into a brief walkthrough of the recent discoveries made in quantum teleportation as well as look at the some of the background information related to that and some resources that you high school students and any viewers can use in pursuing this field
1: We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please check out our website codingnorth.tk again that's spelled c-o-d-i-n-g-n-o-r-t-h dot tk
0: we really want to bring the love we feel for science and technology to you guys and we hope that this podcast is expressive please make sure to keep watching we'll be back next week
1: thanks to our guys in the back jonah Badouche, who's the club's outreach coordinator chandra sharma who's the club's webmaster and the one responsible for making uh decoding north.tk and nathan glass who's providing his amazing music for the podcast
0: we hope you return to the return podcast soon.